What's going on, everybody? Daryl Frater, the club CEO here, and we have another amazing episode of the My DJ Story podcast brought to you by the club app where you can stream for free and not get cut off. Today, we have Wes Friday, who's going to share his amazing DJ story. Brother, can you please introduce yourself to the people who you are and where you're from? Hey, what's up? What's up? This is Wes Friday. I'm out in uh, Tucson, Arizona here. Awesome, brother. And we're super happy to have you on the My DJ Story podcast. We want to hear your story of how you got started as a DJ, what sparked your interest and kind of walk us through your journey. So, yeah, just talk to us about the beginning days. You know, how'd you got started? Yeah. So when I was young, um, you know, I had a musical background in the family. You know, my uh, my grandpa played saxophone and then, you know, my mom, she uh she was married to a guy who liked to play guitar. So we had a bunch of guitars around the house. And my uh, my brother-in-law, he, he played the drums and he was like, you know, you should be a DJ. And uh, back in the time when I was like 13 or so, uh, there was a lot of raves and stuff in Arizona going on, a lot of underground music events. And uh, I was really into hip hop and break dancing as well. Um, so what I would do is, you know, um, pretty much as my mom was like, hey, can I get some turntables? When I was a kid, she finally bought me a pair at 13 uh, for my birthday. And that's how I really got started. Awesome, man. And, and talk to me, you know, you're 13 years old. You got your first turntable, you're DJing. You know, when did you, you know, transition or, or get your first gig to where it went from hobby to, to something more of a business or a career? Yeah, so I started um, just DJing at home for the first part when I was about 13. started, like, you know, spinning vinyl. Uh, I had some director at turntables, and then it led to, uh, you know, just doing, like, birthday parties and, and stuff like that. And I had some people reach out to me and, like, hey, will you come DJ for my party? Uh, like, my kid's birthday or, like, quinceanera, uh, stuff like that. So it kind of started off, you know, just doing birthday parties and stuff like that. And then uh, after a while, what happened was, I was getting better and I was practicing my craft and um, you know, I, I started doing concerts and shows like that. Um, but I was in my 20s, so it took me a, a few years. And back then, you know, give it give it take, there wasn't a lot of technology. I was still on turntables. So it took me about three, four years to master the craft on being able to beat match and, you know, find records that sound good together and actually go digging through crates. And, uh, and that was like the nostalgia at the time that it was just, it was so much different because not everyone had all the uh, same music. Like it was kind of like you find little gems at the record store that no one else could, could play because like, you find that really good record and you're like, oh, right on, I got this record, no one else has it. Now I'm going to like play it at this party and everyone's going to be like, oh, where'd you get that record, you know? Uh, but now it's like a little different with the digital stuff. Uh, yeah, it started off by just doing parties and then um, when I turned in my 20s, I started doing some more shows. I started getting some recognition um, some friends of mine, um, they got me involved in their DJ crew, uh, or not DJ crew, but their rap crew. I was DJing for their rap group and, uh, their name is CCS crew. This guy Stack Styles, uh, was like the, the leader of the group. And, uh, he had me come in and start DJing, uh, for him. And, uh, what happened was, you know, I, I was friends with this guy, Greg and Greg introduced me to Stax. And um, they started having me do some DJ shows with them. So I was doing shows uh, opening up for some bigger names, uh, well, some real big names. We started off doing some stuff like more underground shows. And then it led up to um, doing some shows with headliners. Uh, so I was opening up, you know, playing re uh, records and 
tunes for these opening acts. And uh, I would just be like spinning records in between sets and then uh, opening up for like the main acts and stuff. So it was really cool uh, to see that because uh, from my journey, you know, starting off just doing like parties and stuff and then jumping into the professional side of things. Uh, I wish I was a little more professional at 20 something years old, but uh, I, I realized I made a lot of uh, mistakes along the way that, you know, ego got involved and there was, you know, partying and stuff like that, which kind of held me back from reaching my full potential. Um, now when I was in my twenties, I, you know, thought I was all cool and, you know, I was getting all these gigs and stuff. So a little bit of ego got involved and that's kind of what ruined my whole career for, you know, 10 years. And I'm bouncing back at this point, but, um, the things that we got to do and experience was really cool. Cause we were brushing shoulders, uh, bumping elbows with like, um, acts like tech nine and D 12 and Twista and like, you know, DJ quick and corrupt, um, just to name a few, I'm not trying to be like a name dropper, but you know, <laughs> gotta like add that to my resume. Um, yeah, it was really fun. And, uh, you know, I eventually, I got kicked out of the group, um, just because I was getting a little upset that some of the promoters were promising that they were going to pay me, uh, because I was bringing out all my gear at that point. I had at least 10 years under my belt already, you know, 10, 15 years of, of DJing already. And I was, you know, after they say about, you know, 10 or 20 years, you master your craft. I'm like, I should be getting paid for this, especially if they're telling me I'm getting, supposed to be getting paid. And, um, so I didn't really have contracts. It was all kind of just word of mouth promises, you know, that they were going to pay me a hundred bucks or 150 bucks to open up for a couple hours or whatever. And I was like, cool, I'll do that. Cause you know, I wasn't expecting a whole lot of money up front, but, um, the one thing it was, is just me trying to, you know, um, secure me, you know, for, for an hour or two getting paid. And then sometimes the shows would flop or like the promoters, they'll just be like, Oh, can I get you next time? And I'll, I'll let it slide for, for a while, you know, but then after a while, I was like, Hey, you guys say you're going to pay me. You need to pay me. So there was a couple of times I got, a, uh, I got kicked out of the group for that. Basically. I think that was part of it, uh, other than the ego and everything. But, you know, I, I kind of like was riding these ways and, and it was like, Oh, I'm way up here. And then boom, hit rock bottom, you know? And, uh, and that's yeah, I, like I appreciate the, you telling this story, man. This is super important for the audience. You know, a lot of people are listening are either just getting started in their DJ career or, or their DJs are ready and they're trying to take their DJ career to the next level. I'm, I'm really glad you shared this story because we want to be able to provide a platform where people can learn from other people's experiences. Um, what do you think is something that you could have done differently to navigate through that situation a little bit differently and, you know, have a, a more favorable outcome for you? You know, you, you, you've gone through a lot. So I know if you learned a lot at the same time, you know, what's something that you kind of know now that you wish you knew back then? Yeah. Um, just being humble and staying positive. Um, and, and if things don't work out and if, you know, you get upset, just, you know, take it and stride with it instead of, you know, um, make an example out of yourself, basically, you know, and just being, being humble is the main thing and the main, um, priority that I have right now being business oriented. Um, you know, it's kind of hard, especially for DJs when you're going to events and, and you're out there and everyone's partying around you and there's a lot of drinking going on all the time. But as an adult in a professional now, um, what I try to do is keep that professional attitude you know, stay humble, you know, just be happy and, and positive uh, that you're getting the gigs. Cause now, I mean, everything's kind of at a standstill, 
but yeah, just I wish I would have just been more professional and um and would have bit my tongue a little more when I wasn't getting paid and just kind of like went with the flow because that would have helped me so much more and I would have been you know so much more ahead of the game and taking events and, and doing some stuff for free isn't always bad either but it's it's kind of hard for the DJs now that have been doing it for so many years and then you got these other DJs that come in they'll just do it for free and it's like oh man like I've been doing this for so long taking all these years to master my craft now now these other guys aren't that good and they're just getting gigs for free and taking over the scene it's like <laughs> It's a little frustrating, but um, yeah, just staying positive and humble is, is the main thing that I take from that and just being professional. Yeah, no, I think that you kind of highlighted a couple of things that go back and relate to relationship building, you know, by being able to maintain and keep these relationships strong and fresh, you actually can get much more value out of those relationships than the quick buck that you might be fighting for. And if you can remain humble, you can remain, you know, level-headed and, and, and making sure that you put the relationship first, um, it, it can pay you dividends in the long run based on, you know, how great that relationship may, you know, help you in your career. Uh, so that's great mm -hmm. advice. I'm super glad that you that you opened us up to that story and, and was very vulnerable in regards to sharing that with us. Uh, what are some kind of things that um, you are looking forward to now that you have this wisdom of, of how you go about your DJ career and the way you build relationships and, and operate yourself as a professional in the industry. Yeah. Now that I've learned all that stuff, you know, it's given me a lot of, um, strengths as far as, you know, not to repeat the same patterns and, and, uh, realizing, you know, that this is at the end of the day, still a passion of mine and something that I love to do. It's not always about the money, but you know, DJs, we want to be able to get paid because it's, it's still a job too. At the end of the day, if you're going out, you're doing gigs and you're playing certain, um, events and stuff, you know, um, sometimes it is still a job. So you gotta keep that in mind, but, um, just learning from those experiences has given me insight into a lot of different things as far as how the industry can be sometimes nothing is going to come easily uh and you know you have to stay on your grind and you have to network and you have to you know um show up and and really do do your thing because a lot of times you know um people they'll be like hey i want i want to get booked i want to get booked they get mad because the promoters don't book them but do they go out to the promoters of the shows? Do they ask, yo, hey, is there any way I can help? Can I do this for you? Can I do that for you? Just kind of get your foot in the door. A lot of people, they just expect, you know, stuff to come and and just land in the laps. And I, I get it. Sometimes it does happen for some people. Uh, but for other people, they have to work hard for it and they have to stay consistent. And um, that's the main thing that, you know, when I was young, I would go to these events. If I wanted to get on, I would go, um, you know, to the uh, event promoters because I used to DJ with the record store Harvest Season Records and uh, when I was 13 I used to go downtown and go buy records and stuff from them so what I would do is I'd go buy records from them and, and if they were throwing in a van I'd be like hey can I help you guys promote can I pass out some flyers can I do this or that you know to get my foot in the door and then that would lead to another event so they would be like alright so he's going to help us promote he's going to pass out flyers now now we're going to hook him up and put him on the next event or something like that, you know? So, um, it doesn't always come easily, like I said, but it's definitely something that, um, that you can, if you put forth the effort, you can make it happen. And then other than that too, uh, I have, I'm in a smaller city, you know, I've, I've been born and raised out here and, um, in Tucson and it's kind of hard. There's a lot of competition, you know? So sometimes it feels like, Oh, they ain't trying to book me or, 
you know, like everyone's got their own cliques and everyone's tight knit in the downtown clubs and everything. It's like, it's really hard to get in. So sometimes you got to just go out there and do your own thing um, and not expect anyone else to put you on. If you want it that bad, you got to go out and you got to get it, you know, and that's what a lot of people don't understand either. It's like, oh, they don't want to do the work. They don't want to, you know, do this, that or the other. But if you put yourself on, and then you could put other people on. That's that's what I had the mentality of. Because like for a while, I was like, ah, it doesn't feel like I'm getting booked out here. Like, I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my old reputation or, you know, because I used to DJ in strip clubs and stuff too. And and that's kind of like a whole nother story. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's like, if you really want it, you got to go out there and get it. And, and if you if you don't feel like people are supporting you, you got to support yourself and you got to you got to find your vision, and your dream. You got to push that. And um, what I did was I started my own night. Uh, so there was a new place that was opening up. Um, it was a donut place. So they had a bar in the back. So it was a donut spot in the front. And then in the back, it was kind of like a speakeasy that goes back into a bar. And uh, they had just reopened with new owners and stuff. And uh, this was like uh, about a year and a half, two years ago when I had started up this night because, um, you know, I started getting back into DJing more and and it's always been kind of a tool to help me heal and, and to keep me from, uh, you know, keep me from all the other options that I had um, as far as like, you know, getting in trouble and stuff. Um, DJing's always been there as an outlet for me to uh, to basically do something positive with my life. So I saw this opportunity and I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to go talk to the owner of this place and uh, make up a proposal and, you know, just see if they'll give me a shot. And sure enough, they, they gave me a shot. And um, the whole thing is called Funk Your House. So it was like a, it was like a play on, you know, like house music and EDM, open platform. So we did like every kind of music, but we would mix it up. It was mostly house music and stuff, but it was open platform. So we'd be able to, anyone that came make a play, whatever. We had hip hop DJs, we have dubstep, you know, we had um, house music, um, drum and bass. So the running joke is like, I'm a, I'm a big time like drum and bass and jungle uh, DJ. I really love that stuff. It's like my favorite. Uh, I like mixing it with hip hop. So mashing those two things up is like my favorite thing. So what I did was I kind of made a little joke. It's like funk your house. So at the end of the night, we play house music in the beginning and towards the middle, towards the end, I dump out like hard, like drum and bass and jungle, like make everyone just like run away. Cause like the house heads, they don't really fuck with the drum and bass, <laughs> you know? So that was kind of the running joke. But the main thing for that event was to put other artists on that didn't really get put on because, you know, there's like um, there's one promotion company out of Phoenix and, and they just moved down to Tucson. They kind of took over the whole university. So unless you're in with the university or, you know, you go to the university, you're not going to get booked down by the university at all. And um, there's other clubs downtown and stuff that they have DJs. Uh, but unless you know the manager or your best friends with the resident DJ, you're not going to get booked. So I wanted to make a event for all the other DJs that weren't getting put on. And, uh, you know, I, all I expected was them to hit me up and, you know, come to my show and my event, come check it out. At least come check it out, you know? And that's what they did. Like I'd have people come through and a lot of them were my friends and stuff too, that book, but I gave a lot of new, new upcoming DJs opportunities to, um, you know, get put on and, and it's kind of tough because like I was saying, it's so tight knit, but that was the main thing. And I even had some MCs. It was really cool. There was a hip hop MC, um, Reezy, 
you know, his pops had, had just um, gotten to town and um, he had never heard his son rap before. So um, he asked if he could rap for his dad. And I was like, yeah, let me, let me see what's up. Let me put you on in a minute. So, you know, I, I had to download the music and stuff. And then, you know, I put him on stage. So the first time his dad got to see him rap. So I thought that was really cool too. It kind of like made me feel like I was doing something for the community. Wow, man. No, that's amazing. And it's crazy because DJs really play important roles in people's lives. And sometimes DJs, we don't even realize, you know, the impact that, that that DJs have. You know, I personally am not a DJ, so I admire the work that DJs do. And DJs have played a significant role in my life. And just the ability for me to start this business around DJs um, has really changed my life. And I appreciate all the connections I've made with all the DJs out there. And, um, and you guys are really amazing. And I appreciate what you've done for me and what, you know, the DJ community does for the world, you know, entertaining and hosting these parties and events and, and being a part of people's important days in their lives, birthday parties, weddings, graduations, you name it. You know, DJs have a, a huge con contribution to these events um, and uh, play important roles in, in our lives. So thank you for what you've done um, in your community and what you're doing for, for people out there using your talent as a DJ. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here, too. And I still got a whole lot of stories, too. Like, <laughs> like the time when I went out to, uh, oh, man, I, I DJ for the Blackout Tour. I was out with DJ Quick and Corrupt and they came here to Tucson and then I went up to Flagstaff to play up there and uh, that's kind of a little bit of a touchy story so I'll tell you the gist of it I ended up getting stranded out there because this, uh, this girl that I was out there with I don't know how I should put this on here but <laughs> she uh, she was like acting all weird and stuff because she was trying to holler at the security guard and I told her pops you know I was like I'm gonna make sure I, I watch out for your daughter and everything and she just wanted to kind of like ditch me and stuff but I was gonna go smoke a blunt with DJ Click and Corrupt and uh, she wanted to go have breakfast with this freaking bouncer it was like some MP like military police dude and I was like I don't know if that's a good idea I'm like so I had to give up my opportunity to go hang out with them to go watch and babysit her is what it felt like in my eyes and um, <laughs> I was pissed so she ended up getting lost trying to drive us back and um so she drives back to the, the gas station, right? And this MP comes to meet her and he follows her into the women's restroom. And I'm like, yo, dog, I, I basically, I knocked on the door. I was like, hey, man, it says women right here. You see this sign? I was like, are you a woman? I didn't say it like that, but <laughs> he came out, punched a hole in the wall, right? And I'm like, not on my watch, not today. Da -da -da. Homegirl. Cause I told, I told her dad that I was going to watch after homegirl left me stranded at the gas station with all my DJ gear, yo. And this shit was whack. Cause like, I was even going to pay her half of what I made for the show. And she like, I don't want it. Da, 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 uh, uh. So I ripped it up and I threw it out the window. <laughs> wow. But then, uh, yeah, but then I got stranded in Flagstaff and luckily one of my homies from CCS crew, the, the hip hop group, one of their boys was living out there in Flagstaff. So, someone stole my cd players that i had which was a bummer but uh yeah it was just it was a really bad experience not not for the show i mean the show was awesome it was cool but you know it's like things like that they happen in like shows in general it's like they can get very stressful sometimes too uh when you're opening them you're like playing for these acts and stuff like sometimes it doesn't go right the sets can like 
you know, sometimes go away. Or the one time on a DJ for DMX, uh, he didn't come to sound check. He didn't give me an itinerary. I didn't even know I was going to be his DJ. He came with a bottle of Hennessy, you know, drinking it up, poured it all over the stage because <laughs> he was trying to pass it out to the audience and they wouldn't let him. Uh, and I'm not trying to talk about nothing bad, you know what I mean? He's, you know, he he's a, he's a freaking a god, you know what I mean? From way back in the day, I looked up to the dude. But when he came to DJ, he didn't really give me much chance to be a good DJ for him. And uh, it kind of upset me because I had sold like probably 30 tickets to that show. And um, there was a lot of people there to support me, you know. And uh, at the end of the show, uh, well, I mean, during the show, he called me out like... He expected me to know when to hit the next song over on his CD and stuff. And I was just like, okay, let me try to do what he wants. He's like, hey, look at me, fuck with me. When I go like this, and he's like doing like the thing where you wave your hand in the air. I'm like, that's when I want you to change. And he's doing that shit the whole time. So I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> so he had his manager like sit next to me on stage and like tap me every time he wanted me to, to hit the next song over. But if he would have came prior and told me give me an itinerary at what minute do you want me to you know switch up I would have been flawless but he didn't give me the opportunity and you know he made me stop the music and and there was like almost a fight in the audience it's all on YouTube if you want to check it out just YouTube wow. DMX theater <laughs> wow this is an interesting story and I, I really appreciate you sharing this one as well and it kind of shows just how it's not that simple to be a DJ you know, it's a strong opportunity that, that that you have to be able to, you know, capture whatever's thrown at you. And you got to know how to operate with the most random things that come your way, um, which is not easy. And, you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes like your situation, it doesn't work out. Um, and that's just kind of the things that DJs have to go through. And uh, that's why, you know, I appreciate what you guys do because you guys make it look easy, but it's really tough. Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah th thank you for sharing that story. Yeah, and that's not even the end of it. Like, even at the end, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail. It was all videotaped, too. Um, like, uh, this dude that does rap beat videos was taping the whole thing, but I told him not to release it. And I got respect for DMX. Like, I really do, and I hope he's doing well in, in his recovery. And I, I really look up to the guy. But, um, you know, he, he had a few choice things to say to me. He's like, you suck and you don't love what you do. And, and that was, like, the last show that I did out here, like, 10 years ago. And I didn't do another show for about 10 years after that. Um, just because like, it was just, it was just an eye-opening um, thing to me. It's like, I don't want to be um, doing shows that like people are going to like talk down on me. After that, everyone talked down on me and um, the promoter, like he didn't pay me and I was supposed to get paid for that too. So like all these people were taking shots at me online and just like making fun of me. And it wasn't nice, you know what I mean? Like. I don't think I really deserve that. I didn't even get paid. Um, and it really kind of hurt my feelings because I looked up to the dude, you know, and uh, he was like, you suck and you don't love what you do. And I was like, okay, like, that's not true. Like, you don't even know me. You didn't even give me a chance. Like, I was like hearing rumors that he was looking for a DJ. So I was all excited, you know, and I had to like postpone, like I had to go on a second time <laughs> to like, hold the stage for him and stuff and it wasn't like something planned it was just like they're all like hating on me and like it was another thing that i had to learn the hard way like 
especially when it comes to like dealing with big names and in the media and it's like a lot of people don't realize the other side of it look what happened to like Britney Spears or look what happened to all these artists that are being exploited look what happened to all these rappers that are like about to come up and then they either overdose or they get shot or like you know and it's just it's so so sad to see the way that these things are happening a lot of people don't realize that they chase after the fame and, and the fortune but they don't they don't know the cost of it you know and that's another thing that I'm kind of being vulnerable and talking about because people need to know this kind of stuff and it's and it's one of those things like I think people should really uplift and try to be positive on things because as as people in general as human beings we all need to come together and we need to like work together and lift each other up not pull each other down wow brother hey i appreciate you man this was a very heartfelt episode of the my dj story podcast like you know you know i started this podcast for djs to be able to share their stories and and you really just dropped it on the table and just let us know the raw you know, and the, the sense of, you know, what can happen as a DJ, some of the things that you can go through. Um, and I feel for you, man. And, and I'm, I'm happy that we're connected and, and going forward. I definitely want to be there as a support system for you. And um, I want to jump, you know, right into the lightning round. Um, I have a series of questions I can ask you. Um, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Awesome. Describe your DJ setup, hardware and software. All right. So right now I got, you know, I still got my technique 1200s. I got two techniques. I got a Pioneer DGA, uh, DJM 800. And um, that's the old school setup that I got. But, you know, I just got a new controller um, to be more portable. And it's a lot, little more lightweight. So I got a Pioneer DDJ 1000. And that's like one piece. It's a plastic controller. Uh, but it's nice because it's got the platters like the Nexus uh, Pioneer CDJs. Uh, it's got a Magvel fader on it, so it's really good at cutting, and scratching. Uh, also, as far as that goes, like I got some speakers, some JBLs, and then my production setup. I got a Roland Phantom XA, so older one uh, with the you know the digital screen. It's it's like the old school one that Swiss Beats had, and then I got a I got a Machine MK3 and. Uh, and I got a Scarlet to, to record everything. So that's pretty much what I have as far as um, software. And oh, software wise, I, I've messed with Ableton live for my production side. Um, and then I got the machine software too, the MK3 software. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. And then I'm using uh, Rekordbox for my DJ doll. Besides yourself, who's your favorite DJ? Favorite DJ, I want to say DJ Rectangle, man. DJ Rectangle is like number one, number two, it goes to DJ Craze, and number three is DJ Quick. <laughs> so DJ Rectangle actually let me rap with them on stage when I was 16 at the uh, TCC for for an event that the record store I used to be sponsored by uh, let, me, let me rap on stage with them because it was funny. There was another DJ that said he was going to let me rap. And then he's like, no, nah, I'm doing turntablism. You can't rap with me, kid. So the headliner shows up, DJ Rectangle's Warren G's old DJ. Um, and he's also a two-time platinum producer. And uh, he's also a DMC world champion. Uh, so like when he came in, <laughs> came into the building, I was like, yo, can I get your autograph? 
And <laughs> I was only like 16 or something at the time. And I was all excited to meet him. And he was just really cool. And I was like, the other DJ, he said he was going to be rapping. But then he said, I could it. I was like, could I rap with you? <laughs> He's like, sure enough. Like, he let me come on stage and rap with him. And I was not expecting him to even let me do that. But he did. And it just, like, it changed my whole life. And it made me so respect, respectful of the fact that this big name DJ is going to let me jump on stage with him and rap with him. It was like heartfelt. What has been your favorite party or event you've DJed at and why? Um, so I would like to, uh, so the last DJ event that I did actually was uh gem and jam. And that's probably the biggest event as far as music festivals go. Um, it took me like three years of trying to get on and I still wasn't even on the bill. I got a, a renegade spot. So it was just like a pop-up, you know, I just rolled up and I had some music with me and I ended up getting a media pass to do you know, press for this show because one of my friends had a hookup on that. And uh, like I said, I was trying to get in for like three years. They wouldn't like put me on. Like I was trying to like go through the, the channels of like emailing people and all this and that. And like with no avail, like kept trying to try and they had like this uh, set set up. It was called the Dodecagon Experience. And uh, the dude, he had it all set up. It's like 12 screens, like visual screens all around the whole audience with the DJ in the front. So it's pretty cool. Um, they had like all these visuals going on. Like he was mixing live visuals with like um, some DJ software. But I'm uh, a little spot. So I played for an hour and like I got a bunch of people to show up. <laughs> and uh, it's funny too, because they they're supposedly going to book me at the campground area. But that fell through, and I ended up hustling up a, a spot inside the actual festival. So I actually got to play for Gem and Jam uh, last year before COVID. It was the like only event. It was in February, and then COVID hit, and it was like crazy. Who's the most interesting person you've met through DJing? I want to say Killer Priest was one of them. Um, I met a lot of really cool artists, but Killer Priest really uh resonated with me a lot um because uh, i played a song for him uh at the end of his event and like the dj that was playing big ups uh, played my track and it was it was called buzzing and it was just like a positive i'd like to do a lot of conscious like positive hip-hop uh, like positive affirmations and stuff like that and uh, I played it for him, and he he's just like, man, there needs to be more MCs like you in the game. And it really, uh, it really made me feel good, you know. And this was long before the DMX show and everything. And, like, it just really made me feel good that he said something like that to me. It kept me going. It kept me motivated to stay positive, you know. What's one thing that you hate about live streaming as a DJ? So for live streaming, I would say... It's tough sometimes when you get like uh, buffering issues or when you get, you know, flagged and then they, they chop your, your set or they take it down. Because um, I have done a couple live streams um, or like if there's a specific artist, they like they'll flag you uh, and then they'll cut a certain song out of the set. <laughs> Those things can get frustrating for sure. And a uh, shout out to DJs, you know, personally. That story needs to be shared on this podcast. 
I'll say uh, DJ Hirafa from San Diego. Um, my boy Pretty Slick. He's also dope. Uh, Luna Flux, Clay Steele. Um, I, I got a big long list. Uh, Blank. Uh, let's see who else. We got ADM. We got Chris Pockets. Uh, Looney. Let's see. Uh, Techno Gangster. Um, Black White. Uh, Scrub. I want to say my homegirl Sandra Turner. She goes by uh, Yo Gangster. <laughs> She's got a couple different names, but um, Electro Tech. Uh, who else? There's so many out here that are so talented. I mean, I could give you a huge list of people. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing their stories. And where can people find you online or even in person if you're still doing events? Um, so if you want to check um, check out my Instagram, it is West underscore Friday. That's W-E-S-T underscore F-R-I-D-A-Y. Uh, if you want to check me out um, on YouTube, it's um, I have two different channels. Uh, for my music videos is Dub Play Crates, so it's D-U-B-P-L-A-T-E. And then Crates is C-R-A-T-E-Z. And then that's going to be like my music videos. I only got a couple out right now. There's like three or four, I think. Um, but then, and then I'm actually kind of doing them all myself too. I'm editing all my music videos and stuff. So there's kind of like a process and they're not all the best right now. I'm still kind of like learning my way to navigate. But then uh, my catalog for like my original production and stuff, uh, you can check me out on YouTube is W3 dollar sign T F R exclamation point D A Y. And that's going to be all my original tracks. And then I got some other tracks that are coming out right now. I got licensing rights. So I just dropped this new song. Um, with Planet Asia called Ruthless. Uh, that's produced by Anno Domino uh, and Legion. I'm just uh, basically rapping over that one. And then I got another one coming out. Uh, it just came out with King Crooked uh, called Breathe. And that one's also on um, on YouTube under my W3 dollar sign T. I got some more. So I actually just entered the Snoop Dogg contest to the Anno Domino's doing. So I'm trying to win the first with Snoop Dogg. So we'll see if that comes to fruition here soon. That'll be cool. <laughs> but I'll be dropping that track. It's called Traffic uh, here soon. And then what else? I got some uh, some other platforms for my DJ stuff here um, for like my DJ sets. If you go on Mixcloud and uh, check out West Friday. I just want to double check. I've got a lot of links. Oh, it's kind of yeah we'll have them all in the show notes so yeah i appreciate you and your time this has been great thank you for being on the my dj story podcast and we're looking forward to building with you brother sweet yeah so the the one one more thing i want to say is a west underscore friday and that's on mixed cloud um that's got a lot of my electronic music mixes and stuff like that so awesome, awesome. I mean, thank you again too thank you for having me on the show and letting me tell some of my story it's awesome thank you Are you a DJ? Well, we want to hire you as one of our official, The Club Virtual DJs. We've been working hard to source hundreds of paid virtual gigs, and we need DJs of all kinds that are interested in getting paid to curate virtual events for our clients. Whether you're a new DJ, just getting started, or a veteran in the game, we have paid gig opportunities for you. 
Text I'm in to 609-201-1027 to get notified for paid gig opportunities from the club. Tell a friend. We look forward to working with you. Now back to the podcast.